Chapter 9 of the Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. The Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber by Herbert Carter. Chapter 9 The Mean Trick of the Timber Cruisers. A landslide exclaimed Giraffe, and he sat up and began twisting his long neck around as though doubtful whether he should dodge to the right or to the left, since it was difficult to locate the direction whence the furious bracket seemed to come. Better say an earthquake, Stephen managed to articulate, though he was shaking all over with the excitement that he would hardly have recognized his own voice. Kind of feel the old ground shaking. Listen, would you? To that smash must be volcanoes around here. Keep still and listen, said Thad, in a tone of authority which both the talkers recognized as belonging to the scoutmaster rather than their chum Thad. So they held their tongues and strained their ears to listen. There was no trouble in hearing, for the racket still kept up. There were heavy thuds, crashes, and a breaking of bushes. No wonder the scouts were mystified. No wonder one thought it a landslide, while another believed some supposed extinct volcano had burst into action again, and that the rain of stones that followed produced these weird sounds. All at once the racket stopped just as suddenly as though a command had been given to cease fire. I declare, if that ain't funny now, remarked Stephen, but because of the order from silence which Thad had issued, he dared not breathe a word above a whisper. Hark, said Alan. That sounded like a horse laugh. The boys crouched there and strained their ears to hear more. Once or twice they thought they caught vague sounds. It was as if someone might be moving along the rocky elevation that formed one side of their nearby little basin in which they had made their small fire and finished their once interrupted dinner. But the sounds were moving further away as though the Unknown parties might be retreating. Then silence, deep and profound, brooded over the immediate vicinity of the spot where the four startled scouts say, May we talk now, Thad? asked Draft. Yes, but let it be in a low voice, replied the patrol leader. Jerusalem, exclaimed Stephen, just as though he had to let the pent-up steam escape one way or the other, and it took the form of this expression. "'What does it all mean?' asked Stephen, plainly confused and unable to clearly grasp the truth. "'I think I know,' remarked Thad. "'Then tell us, please, quickly,' asked Raff. "'Sounded like a laugh to me. "'Just what it was, too,' Thad went on. "'But who'd want to act funny when all that racket was going on, Thad?' "'continued Raff, who seemed unusually thick-headed just then.' possibly on account of being aroused in such a startling manner. The men who made all that row, replied the scoutmaster, men who made the row, great governor, do you mean these rowdies, Hank and Pierre, bursted out giraffe? None other, said Tad, positively. They must have located our little fire in some way, and suppose that we were sleeping close by, so they crept up along that side of the bare ridge where the stones are so thick and just started to heave a few dozen down. That's why it sounded like thunder and hail combined. Those cowards, hissed Draft, 
whose honest blood seemed to boil with indignation. The sneaks afraid to face four boys because they believed we could shoot some. They had to crawl around the back door and play a trick that you'd think would be about the size of the meanest boy in our hometown of Cranford. They laughed over it, too, burst out Stephen, almost as angry as his long-legged chum. And that shows what kind of fellows they are. Well, altogether, it was lucky escape for us, remarked Alan. That's what, added Giraffe, and we owe a heap to Thad's long head. Never sleep when you eat. That was a pretty good rule for the old hunter to have when painted engines were all around, and by George it seems to be all right even in these modern times. Wow, just think what a time we'd have, observed Stephen, if we'd been sleeping there just as sweetly as, as the babes in the woods. And all of a sudden them rocks began to smash around us. I can see the whole blessed outfit scrambling in the dark, trying to get behind trees and yet knowing which side of the trunk was the safe side. Stephen actually chuckled a little as though a gleam of humor had begun to light up the serious nature of the situation. It was a game just in keeping with such a precious pair of rascals, declared Thad. They might have injured some of us badly, and that was just what they hoped to do. Perhaps killed us in the bargain, Alan added. Some of the rocks they heaved into that little basin were just fierce. They came down like cannonballs. It was like what Rip Van Winkle heard when the little old men of the Catskills were playing ten-pins with big rocks. But Thad, remarked Giraffe, when they get to thinking it over, do you reckon now they'll guess they didn't do any damage? Just what was in my mind, replied the leader of the patrol. They must know that even men would have yelled and shown all sorts of excitement when bombarded in that way. But let them think what they please. I hope they'll never cross our trail again. I second the wish, said Alan. That's where I differ from you, declared the aroused giraffe. I'd just like to pay the cowards back for that dirty trick. And I will, too, if the chance ever comes along. I'm only bothering about one thing, observed Stephen. And what's that? Thad inquired. What if they run across our innocent chum, poor old Bumpus? Stephen went on to say why. He's so confiding and so straight himself that he couldn't believe wrong of anybody. Why, they'd rob him of his gun and everything else that he had, and then turn him loose like that in the big timber. Oh, I hope they just don't find Bumpus before we get to him. It would be a shame. It's like taking candy from the baby, added Giraffe. Well, let's go to sleep again. We'll talk it over in the morning, suggested Thad. Don't believe I can sleep another wink, declared Stephen. But in spite of his gloomy prophecy, he did drop off again soon after stretching himself out on the ground in the softest spot he could find, and knew nothing more until someone shook him. Looking up, Stephen discovered that the dawn was stealing through the timber and that Thad bent over him. The other two were already Giraffe was busy himself, as usual, in getting a little fire under way, but Thad had given it as his opinion that after playing such a dastardly mean trick, Hank and Pierre, the lawless timber cruisers, would not feel like venturing over in the quarter again, lest they be greeted with a warm fire from the guns of the boys. All the scouts felt more or less chilled, as the early morning air was pretty cool, and consequently the fire proved acceptable. As they munched their breakfast, Thad announced that he had found the trail of Bumpus again. This meant that when they were ready to start out, there would be little delay. 
Of course, pretty much all the talk was about the event of the preceding night and the fortunes of their lost comrade. When I shut my eyes, said Giraffe, I can see that blessed innocent walking around these woods, a whistling for his bear to come out and be shot. And I'm a wondering, remarked Stephen, whether Bumpus, if he does run across a cinnamon bear, just through the luck Greenhorn seemed to have, will climb his tree first and then begin shooting, or just bang away like he did before and make for a tree afterwards. Oh, well, I guess Bumpus learned his little lesson that time, all right, declared Giraffe with the superior air of one who had already gotten his bear and could afford to look down on those not so fortunate. He was scared, good and hard, Stephen went on. Why, his face looked like pie-paste, and his Google eyes fairly stood out of his head when he couldn't get up that tree with the old grizzly a-coming for him, growling and chomping his teeth. Thad only smiled as he heard these remarks that had an undercurrent vein of condescending pity for the tenderfoot chum if he remembered correctly bumpus was not the only frightened scout about that time with the wounded grizzly charging to camp he had plenty of company when they had finished eating the fire was put out and after that they made for the spot where thad had found the trail of the lost scout it was plain as day just there even though some twenty-four hours have passed since the fat and ambitious Nemrod passed that way. Giraffe and Stephen were suspicious of the two rascally timber cruisers and persisted in keeping their eyes constantly on the alert, searching every possible spot for an ambush or holding their guns ready for quick work. The patrol leader did not attempt to interfere, although he and Allen were of the opinion that the men would not bother trying to look them up. It gave the boys more or less practice, and did no harm. And so the little bunch of scouts started to once more lift the trail of their missing chum. End of chapter 9 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan